So, Tito, joke lang pala talaga. Buti na nang pogi ka. Ah, buddy. Now, I'm even more disappointed. Nakala ko may story. Pucha naman. Okay, balik tayo. This Drunken Midnight. I like where this is going. A presentation by the Slick Masters Files. Then, bang, bang, bang. Here we go. What's up? This is Lake Master and welcome to another episode of This Rock and Made Nice and It's been a long while since I actually have a guest or do us do something like a mano a mano because I think it's been like six no no not seven. Oh my god, it's almost ten months since the last time I actually have a guest on the show. Hmm. Like like this one. I mean my guest couldn't because before we're now what na mano mano we're either either one of two things. Quindy wrestlers, musicians, because I'm partly involved in the wrestling scene at some point in my life and also in the live music scene. Mm. So yes, I'm gonna introduce my guest, so I can wear my manners. Where's my, where's my phone? I lost my show notes here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beauty of doing a podcast sometimes because... Let me just drunk, get drunk on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see? First few minutes of the show and then <laughs> made, and I already made a lot of boo-boo. So yes, she's a founder of Passion Fruit Making Marketing Consultancy by day and a singer-songwriter all day long. And she, yeah, she's a singer-songwriter from the Philippines and uh, integrates random pop-infused songs that speak her heart. Kung tama pagkakabasa ko sa bar sa Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should update that. Okay, yeah. and, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> And she's also a host in Song and Focus alongside, yeah, the, you know, one of the legendary front women and singer-songwriter then in the, in the scene today. So, yes, let's welcome Denise Love on the show. What's up? Hey, Slick Master and um, these drunken midnights. <laughs> yeah. So. See, this is the. I am. So what's up? I'm man? ready for your. Uh, <laughs> Unrestricted questions, as we've been discussing before this, the start of this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll not touch on that one on that topic. So we're we're all gonna cool with that. So yes, you, uh, if I recall it right, you got like five songs on under discography on spot. Kung sa Spotify yung ako. Let me count. But yes, I do have uh five singles out so far. I think yes. Five singles and one collab song. So, yeah. Teka. <laughs> Alatang hindi ako ready, no? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but usually, ba your your guests are parang close friends, no? So it's it's been no. Well, most of the times they're my close friends. If there's other guests na hindi ko pa nakikilala personally na nag-guest dito sa this market, it's actually. An artist na who I like to call art, the art of body bending. So, Anavishan. So, mm-hmm. we made an episode where she talk, where we talk about her music at that time. It's called Roses on the Piano. This is actually the third time I had done a, ma- a mano-mano with a musician because... Actually, no. This could be a fourth one because the first one I made was actually with um, three and all of the Oymans. Pero mm-hmm. ano rin kasi siya. She's a, he's, a, he's a musician and a wrestler at the same time. So... Then the thir- then the latest one is actually with Dexter Mercado. If I don't know if, I don't know if you heard of that one, the, 
the bassist and frontwoman of the band called the Brat Pack. Mm, so, I have to check that out. There's it's a jazz, it's a jazzy. Yeah, I, if I recall, that's a jazz song. So yeah, if you, if you heard somebody, that's actually my nephew, and I I think they forgot to leave to leave the door closed. <laughs> This is the this is the hardest part of recording a a podcast in a somewhat open space. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is like my bed space on, on my on, uh, at my back. Anyway, so first of all, what's up? Uh, how are you coping out during the pandemic? You know, I think I was able to really realize the things that you know mm-hmm. matter. I mean, as cheesy as it goes. You know, some some yeah. things uh, before the pandemic, I thought I could live without. And then when you when you're uh-huh. kind of stuck at home, you you get to realize that okay, um, apparently a pandemic won't stop me from wanting to release music, for example, or of course, because uh, because I thought I could t- take a break um, and focus on work first, but but that kind of made me a bit miserable for a while. Uh, and I realized that, okay, even if I can't go out, even if I'm kind of stuck at home, have restricted creativity, given that, you know, yeah. you're just here at home. I just felt more convicted in releasing music, for example, or mm-hmm. getting to know people more or learning about music. Uh, as you've mentioned, I, I was also hosting this show called uh, The Song in Focus. So, so that's a product mm-hmm. of that desire to keep on learning okay. that desire to just navigate the music world um whatever way i can even if it's through online even if it's you know mm. just from home given i really haven't gone out at all except maybe when i got vaccinated mm. um at home so like nice. as, as, grabe, dito lang ako so yun. <laughs> yeah it's hard to actually stop to be a, you know stuck in the within the confines of your home and all that stuff so yeah while we're at it you introduced song in focus so let's talk about that how did that concept began and how were you able guys to make it turn into turn it into a project that because i mean since pandemic i've seen a lot of um i've seen the massive proliferation of uh online content not just tiktok not just vlogs or sometimes even video guys i mean may mga tao naghahabol pa mga backlogs dyan, even during before pandemic and yet here they are they got make time and a lot of people including yours truly actually made a podcast i mean i mean sure i started this one by, by the idea in 2019 but here where it's just like a matter of a year before i really turn it for real this is actually my i don't know kung ilang episode ko to. i think this is my 38th whoa be frank and yeah pero, i mean hindi ako, ano, eh. i'm not the i'm not the regular guy na now who do like regular release episodes weekly because sometimes I've been, I've been battling a lot on a personal aspect like I've been dealing with a lot of breakdowns anxieties mm. and so yes yeah, well I think this is one way for me to keep to you know to keep up that he'll I mean I haven't been really socializing that much mm. so way to really talk to people and all that so anyway it's for your part uh what from the idea to the actual program, yung Song in Focus? Actually, before the pandemic, I, I, I'm the type yeah. of person who sets goals or at least sets bucket lists of experiences. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of shy when it comes to socializing with musicians um, on gig places. 
So after I play, I just kind of crawl up, or like I crawl to a corner, get a drink, mm-hmm. and clap from mm-hmm. the outside. I'd probably be one of the people who who claps the loudest and stays throughout the whole set, even if you know um, I start at seven and it ends at twelve. I really do my best, but it's weird because I I get really shy talking to musicians in person. I, you know, that imposter syndrome that. Okay, I'm not there yet, so maybe I, I shouldn't say hi to these amazing musicians. And I always have that mm-hmm. in me. And some of my musician friends who who has music that are good, great performing or have been invited to a lot of gigs already, always tell me to socialize, yeah. to open up, to reach out. Na, oh, hey, you're nice set. Kahit ganun lang. And for me, uh-huh. <laughs> that was kind of scary because I feel like, okay, baka people would feel like feeling close ako or what. So... One of my resolutions before like the year started was, okay, okay, I'm going to face my fears. And next year, I'm going to book a lot of gigs. And I'm going to say hi to mm. people. And I'm just going to actually crawl okay. out of my, my shell and learn from these musicians. And then the pandemic happened. And guess what? There's no live gigs. There's nothing. Of course. And okay, so I thought, um, okay, so, so I had this kind of like a shutdown moment because I had music planned. Mm-hmm. Like, overthink uh-huh. my latest release is actually a 2019 supposedly release or a twi- an early 2020 release. Um, and what happened was uh, it got postponed and everything. So everything was just unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen. So so I just had this moment of breakdown. And then um, there was this day that I journaled and asked myself, are these objectives or bucket lists or experiences? That, that I plotted for me. Are these really not possible from home? Because since I'm a creative, I felt like would this really are these really hindrances or are just are these just creative? So I was just, you know, I was discerning if if the pandemic was a was a hindrance or a challenge, a creative challenge. Um and I felt like would not having the capacity to go out, you know, be a good reason, good enough reason to kind of slow down or not really slow down but maybe postpone some of the objectives and i reviewed them one one by one and when i looked at you know meeting people mm-hmm. i thought okay what are the ways to meet musicians um what are the ways to you know get to know people and make them human in front of my eyes <laughs> and you know and i thought mm-hmm. why not maybe do a podcast and and one of the motivations i had was um when i from when i promoted my first single just got home um, it was a fun experience, so I was able to do guestings on so many platforms, which was amazing. It's just that usually I only mm. have like ten minutes to explain my song, so I had to. I, oh, a limited usually time. because it's understandable they're airing. You know, they 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 wanted to feature as many musicians, and um, most of the places I guested on weren't really like a podcast that that allows you to talk right to explain every aspect of your song every thought process you had it's really more of like a quick introduction to you um and so many you know so many shows are very gracious in allowing an unknown person like me uh to to play uh without any connection so i was really lucky but but sometimes i wish i could speak more because i'm a talkative person and and i overthink and and i do a lot of things so personally um i was thinking okay if i wish i had more time to share what 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 how I made things, 
I wish there were there was more time for the artists I love to share more or to answer questions about making music. And I understand that not everybody has that patience to listen to a one-hour conversation about one song. <laughs> but then, you know, when making yeah. a song, there's just too much that goes in it. The struggle, the financial aspect, the collaboration with friends, the actual story behind writing it, and, and so much more. And going through, like, for example, my song before Just Got Home, I realized how the song meant differently now after releasing it, after promoting it, after performing it. Now, yeah. there's like an extended story. Yeah, what was your initial thoughts when you penned this song, uh, Just Got Home? Because this was actually your first single, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Just Got Home is my first single. I, I wrote, I actually just wrote it as a challenge um, with a friend. Hmm. So we were kind of like having a creative rot. So that friend is a graphic designer. So he wanted to make more art that express himself beyond um, mm-hmm. marketing requirements, you know, um, that where no one mm-hmm. will approve his work. And then I just wanted to write music. Um, and I haven't released anything yet. So that this was back in 2015. So it's, it's, it's been mm-hmm. a while. So Just Got Home is... So it's four, four years in the making. Yeah, because I when I was writing all of these things, even overthink my latest single, um, it's the same year. It's around 2015. It's it it I think it is written 2015. So all of these songs were written not to be released. Um, I just really needed like a space where there's no one else to answer to, where I could release my mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's like writing poem poetry and um your diary and then when you read through it when you get older you get so proud like oh my gosh i did this like look at my poem you know that feeling Mm. um i also have that with poems that when when i go through my high school stuff i i feel like wow this is this is so awesome and then you'll brag to your friends that see Mm. i even like have these moments where where i more than write a poem so those were songs to me Mm. there they were just mere diaries where i write release and kind of be proud of how I released my old angst. Um, those were songs to me. So it, it never really occurred to me to release it. Ever. So, I see. so that was Just Got Home. It's really more of a creative prompt. Where my friend, uh, we gave each other three words to make music or make art about. So I was following him up. So what, what's my three words? And then he said, uh, Just Got Home. Because he just got home. And then I said... Hindi, what what's my three words nga sabi niya no you know you know para tamad na Ayun, just got home gawin mo nga, just got home so he was expecting like i think um a rant about work because we just got home from work it, it was nine o'clock and you know like the song so literal talaga na just got home yes and and um i overinterpreted those three words into what just got home is i'm not sure if you've heard it but uh it's kind of a bit metaphorical in terms of like it's it's a bit more figurative in terms of storytelling so that's how my first single not the first song i've written but my first single that i shared was like that's just got home. from that you released three songs in 2020 so there's umaga in the acoustic version of breathe then about one so care to tell the backstories of these songs if you want to ah yes so, Just Got Home was my first single, but actually, I intended for Arawat Bon to be the first one because it felt like 
it had both my lyricism and everything. But but since there was so much pressure <laughs> in making it like you know like really good, it took a while. And and what happened was okay, let's let's do this song first. Maybe it's gonna you know get easier if I do random stuff that I don't intend to release. So just got home was done. And then overthink was actually finished before I wrote one. Wow. Yes, it was a wild process. And then so that that's I wrote one. Um I wrote one is about, you know, one sided love. It started as a poem, an English poem at that. And then um a songwriter friend challenged me to write in Filipino and asked me like you know, have you ever written anything in Filipino? And I said, I haven't. Not because I prefer English. It's just because I feel like I might suck at Filipino in terms of uh, in terms of grammar, in terms of so many things. So I don't know what one was that. It's it's funny now that you ask me because I realized all of my songs have a bit of a challenge to it, which is weird because. Like when I think about it, or maybe the songs I that don't have challenges aren't released yet. But th- th- so that was Arawat One. It was really more of a, again, another songwriting challenge of writing in Filipino. And you know, this friend like said something amazing about um, realizing how you sound so different in a different language. Even your writing style could be very different, and your voice and everything. I think I can agree to that because as a writer, I used to write a lot of English essays or probably articles. Mm. But I have to admit na even so, even so I've done it like thousands of times, I still suck on it. I mean, I would say I suck. Lana sa grammar. And yeah, I would, I would probably be sucking on podcasting too because I, I heard a lot of noises in my background. <laughs> <but anyway. laughs> to K-Dogs are welcome. So... <laughs> They're friends yeah. and paw babies. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the hardest part when they when they bark at night. I probably they, they probably seem like that like a random person or cat or something. Anyway, time pa yata siya. Tamit binati ko. Usually they know. Usually they know when it's when it's when it's their time. When somebody speaks. Yes. Even yeah. the tricycles, they would be quiet before you record them. When you hit that button, they start <laughs> running around. That's a recording artist problems, I must say. <laughs> and what's worse is when you record a song and um, you, you have a good take, and all of a sudden, uh, there's a like you know, just because someone is shouting outside or someone is, yeah, like you know. Like doing construction or whatever. So, anyway, okay, going back. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. Some people could really hard to cope up. Some, some people would probably react violently. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not surprised. Art, that's technically an artist's problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saka naman eh. As, going back to what I said earlier, I suck on English grammar wise. Pero when I write something in Filipino. Yeah, I can tell na nag-iba rin yung style eh. Like, you could probably say to yourself na, na parang mas na-express mo yung sarili mo eh. Pero depende kasi kung saan ka mas gamay eh. Kung saan tin, sa, tin, sa tin ng mas sarili mo na mas magaling ka. Hmm. So, there. I do think though, on my end, um, I thoroughly enjoyed doing both. Both. I mean, I, I thought I was better at English. 
But shockingly, I feel like I've achieved more with my Filipino tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of, I don't know, competitions. Like, um, I've I've mm-hmm. had luck with my Filipino songs. Like, with Arawat 1, I was able mm-hmm. to get into a great mentorship, songwriting mentorship camp uh, because of mm-hmm. that song. So, I, I owe that song a lot. And then Umaga also won. Um, Umaga is mm-hmm. a part is a winner of a petaling up singing and Phil pops contest. So for mental health. Oh, nice. So Umaga is that song. Uh, I literally wrote that at 4 a.m. when the sun is about to rise. So so a lot of that. Wow. A lot of Umaga was happening to me when I wrote it. Like every mm-hmm. aspect of it. If if you get to listen to it. Um, the highs and the lows of anxiety is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, Omaga is. I know I reached out. I mean, we we touched base because I released Overthink, and mm-hmm. you know, we, yeah, it's the latest single. But uh, I, th- I think I, I wasn't yeah. able to fully, really talk about Omaga extensively uh, compared to my other songs mm-hmm. because that one after yeah. it won the contest, I just dropped it, and mm-hmm. I didn't really do a lot of guestings and. I, I put my fo- my focus on song and focus. So, um, yeah. But umaga, there's this part that was really important to me, uh, and a lot of people initially when I wrote it um, commented that maybe I shouldn't go that route musically. So there's this part after okay. the chorus where I sing um, something like, "Buksa ng yung mga mata." Ang araw ay sisikat pa. So it goes down, right? And usually, um, and and I heard I heard other musician friends or, or mentors uh, comment that you know you shouldn't go minor or you shouldn't go down at the, at the end of your chorus because that you should leave on a high note. But then I felt like that was the exact scene I was going I was seeing when I was writing the song, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going through anxiety and you're still awake and you're about to sleep when the sun is about to rise. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you see the sun rise and dun ka palang patulog, hence the tone, Ang araw ay sikat pa. It was really important mm-hmm. for me because it was a sign of anxiety that whenever I see the sun mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just about to sleep, I know I'm not in a good place. Mm. And there's just so much to that song that I felt like I accidentally placed, but then maybe I was really tired. That I It wasn't an accident. Mm. It's more of me just letting go and writing whatever it is I'm going mm. through in my system. Because it was a competition and yeah. we, were, we were tasked to write that in like a week. Or in less than a week. Like wow. actually in two days. And then produce it in like maybe five days. I can't remember. So so it was, and I had a day job. As you've mentioned, I'm a founder of a, I mean, I'm the CEO of my own agency. So there, and it, it was, it was yeah. like, I think November, October to November, which is a peak season when it comes to marketing, right? All brands have campaigned. Yes. So I, I especially it's a holiday. Yeah, so I started writing Umaga at 1 a.m. I finished at 5 a.m. And then I submitted it at 7 a.m. Because the deadline was Good 9 a.m. the next day. Six hours in the making. <laughs> I know. And and when I submitted the initial draft, they were like, mm, I think the melody isn't too clear yet. Because 
I didn't really have the time. I didn't really have the energy to finish it. But then it felt like maybe the reason why it connects to me so much till today is because I really, I didn't really have much time to think about many aspects of it. I had to let go of so many things for it. And to make it, I had to not overthink it as much, but think it through enough to to get there. Uh-huh. Yon. So exactly. so that's Umaga. Um, you asked many songs, but yes, Umaga. And then Breathe is another song that I'm proud of. Um, uh-huh. Breathe is uh, just, you know, um, something I wrote during the pandemic. Uh, it uh-huh. It's, again, about mental health and anxiety in a way. It's, when you hear it, it starts with this parang repetitive, meditative guitar riff. So, so I was uh, really, I was alone in my room. It was dark and I was just really tired. So that was around, I think, April. So the, the pandemic broke out Feb. And I had to let go of so many things, my plans. That was the time I was deciding on what to do with my life. Um, like in a pandemic, like will I accept that this is going to go on? for like six more months to one year. Because ba, initially when the pandemic broke out, yeah. everybody was hoping that in two months, by May, we could all go back out. We just yeah. have to sacrifice a few more months. And when I was writing Breathe, everything is slowly sinking in. That we ju- I think we just had our second ECQ or something. And, and I realized that, okay, other more progressive countries aren't moving. Everything oh. will, ha- will unfold for another year. And I'm going to be stuck in this room, exactly. in this room, this one, um, for a year, mm. a year more. And that really kind of, you know, took a toll on me, just accepting it. And then yeah. um, and then I heard that riff in my brain. So I, I'm, uh, when you listen to Breathe, I'm the same. I'm, I'm the one who also made the guitar line. And I, I'm the one who played it too. Um, and it's just there. And... And I was I kept on playing it and dun 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 and it kind of it kind of relaxed me a bit, calmed me down a bit. And then I felt well, it's therapeutic. I felt like it it I was talking to myself that time. I was telling myself because I went through therapy, and then I just learned meditation in 2019. So uh, one thing they teach when you go through it is to breathe, right? So I was actually singing to myself yeah. and talking to myself and saying, um, breathe, the skies are there. And then when I looked out, but almost bare, no light, nowhere. So because, yes, the skies are there, but you can't really go out. Yeah. And, you, and that was a bit of a nighttime. And I felt really mm. closed off in my room. And I felt like it was mm. hard to breathe with with everything that so it was really meditative for me so so see i talk a lot i tell i, to, I told you so uh-huh. but but breathe is that um uh breathe is something that i released not planned i released it uh-huh. right away because i said I'm, I'm not gonna do much about this song because i, I just really want to share it and it's a, it's a song i'm a bit yeah I, i'm proud of in a way that i it was also my first song that I didn't really have any input from my friends because in the past, I would consult my friends for the arrangements because I'm not really an amazing... For me, I'm not an amazing guitarist. 
guitarist sorry <laughs> is that right guitarist yeah. okay so i think i think it's the way it's right but and i can tell uh behind you is a, it's a guitar rack and you have like four or five guitars right there i'm sorry uh two of those I mean, aren't mine but it, it's my boyfriend's but okay but yes i i do play the guitar a lot um since grade six but maybe i'm just surrounded by better players that i feel like yeah. i'm not like a guitarist but with breathe mm. for some reason I, I was able to write it on my own even the piano line mm. um the off-tune piano there if you listen to it there's an off-tune piano there and it was intentional mm. because it was my dad's piano my late dad's piano oh. um and that piano is old, older than me it's maybe around 50 to 60 years old and it's off tune so i just good lord and i wanted to put family there in that song so so it was intentional to place that old sounding piano i placed my mic over it and there and the birds the birds that you hear on that track um it was from my phone because there was this morning that i was home i'm a Mm-hmm. I'm a person with a lot of stuff on my head, on my brain. And there was just this yeah. morning that I felt good. And I heard the birds. Mm-hmm. It's not that the birds weren't there. It's just like on regular days, I don't even have the brain space to listen to the, to hear the birds around me. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that day, I felt yeah. like, wow, I heard the birds. It means my mind is clear. And I want to remember this. So I, I, I just got my phone up and recorded the whole thing. The birds chirping because I wanted to remember that moment. Yeah. So so these are the different elements I placed on the arrangement of the song. And it's very personal That's to me. Nice. Um everything is really when you hear my songs, all of all of them have mm. a very specific element that that I wanted mm. there. Like for Umaga, when you hear the bridge, I'm just saying singing like us parashang is it psychedelic? I don't know, like something na parang drowsy. Mm. Na, with the electric guitars. Yeah, that woozy effect. I, that one, I wanted to talk about medication. You know, the next morning after you drink your antihistamine to, to help you sleep. Mm-hmm. And then in the next morning, mm-hmm. you, you, don't, you feel really drowsy and heavy and just heavy everything. But you needed that so that you could sleep. Yeah. I wanted to make exactly. sure that the feeling of, of every aspect that I had to go through are in the song, not just through words, but through the small elements that that were really, really important to me. So even if people tell me that I think you should change this to, to kind of make it a bit catchier, I feel like mm-hmm. there are comments. Of course, I listen because you know there's there's always mm-hmm. a better way to tell your story, right? But if I feel like some things are non-negotiable in terms of you know sharing the atmosphere of my journey, the ambience of what I was going through, what certain anxiety I I, I was stuck with that time. Um, I feel like, um, as an artist, that's maybe, I think, a specific aspect of me that everything seems personal. Like, we just got home. The music box intro is actually intentional. So I was telling my pianist friend that, hey, I, I wanted to show that, this is this like well i'm a bit older when i released it just got home is actually the start of many things for me like i i wanted to signify baby denise quote and quote the young me i i wanted yeah. it to feel nostalgic i wanted it to feel that 
this is me being a kid but embracing it and you know like starting a journey like as i feel like i'm young in this so there are those things that's there <laughs> that's very intentional and siguro yon siguro because you asked like all songs right and i feel like all of them yeah have that in common that mm-hmm. that there's something there that's hidden in all of my songs that's real in the terms of I mean, of course, all artists are real. I mean, I'm saying lang on my end. Of course. What's real, siguro, on my end, my version of real are the tidbits that I intentionally also placed that's very near to myself. Like, with Overthink, um, it's not noticeable, but there's a triangle there on the chorus. I was the one who placed it. I, mm-hmm. I was the one who requested it exactly there. Because my first mm-hmm. instrument... Um, when I was four years old, was the triangle. They didn't want to yeah. give me the xylophone. Cool. They didn't want to give me anything. And mm-hmm. they said, you play the triangle. And I was always waiting for my turn. So I said, I'll be older. And I'll show you guys how to play the triangle. And so it was very important mm-hmm. that there was a triangle. Like, kahit one note on overthink. Mm-hmm. It, it was mandatory. Parang <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm amazed when you said that you love playing triangle because... I think when I, when I was a kid, it's always been mocked in like cartoons. Like, you know, there's always a scene in the cartoons that when they play the triangle, like, come and get it! Or, yes, precisely that's how I felt. So imagine everybody got mm. the better ones the tambourines, xylophones, mm. and like all the hula bula. And like, you know what? I got a triangle. Mm. And I just get to like, I can't really bang it all the time because it's kind of loud. So, so it felt re- I felt yeah. really bad about that. It's weird. I was four years old. I didn't even know that I was gonna be into music back then. So whenever someone jokes mm. that they have a musical talent, I would always say, I'm good at playing the triangle. It was a joke. Until I learned how to <laughs> sing, and then uh, they would ask me, Oh, you, you kind of need to improve on your guitar playing. And I would say, you know, um, mm. I was meant to play the triangle. That's why this is so hard for me. Mm. I would always joke about, I would always have triangle jokes. So so when I was writing Overthink yeah. and I wanted, you know, I know you didn't ask yet about Overthink, but just like a small tidbit, because yeah. you measure similar in all of my songs. Eh, na, there's that one thing yeah. that it's like mm. a pet peeve. Na, it, it has to be there. You know, for other people, mm. they won't mm. notice it. But for me, mm. it's a big deal. For me, it's it's something that, yeah. parang, no. This one triangle note will make it a Denise song, and it's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, parang it's not a Denise Lau song. Kung walang triangle, no? parang <laughs> <sa> over, <laughs> the, naman, it's not a Denise Lau song if there's something unnecessary there that's not there. Like, mm-hmm. there, there needs to be mm-hmm. something unnecessary on that track that someone would feel like, I, mm-hmm. I think you know, the song could live without this. And I'm like, I know, right? Yeah, and that's me, like. <laughs> I, I'm time, mm. sometimes a bit too extra. I'm I sometimes mm. play around too much. I talk too much. I think too mm. much. And and I feel like, you know, when I make songs or I decide on the things I want to put there, I, I'm ne- I'm not really mm. one to be scared about it sounding a bit of the same vibe with another artist because uh-huh. I feel like it's never gonna be exactly the same if the story is true and, and if I made sure that the reason why some of those notes are there. Some of those instruments or some of those things are there is because of something real or something true to me or something I want to express. 
So every single part of everything I do yeah. is something that I intentionally place there. It's rarely an accident. Now we got into your latest single, which is Overthink. Nah, yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell me what's the story behind Overthink? I think this is your latest release, right? Uh, it it re- it was released last October twenty nine as a single. Yes. Uh, Overthink is about. I say it's about happy crushes. I say it's about mm-hmm. puppy love. In a way, it is because it was triggered by that. But I think Overthink is my state of mind even on the smallest things. So it's it really kind of shows how I overthink even the most random things and, and how I process certain emotions, especially before I started meditation and all that. Um, I'm a really hyper person. Like, hello, I'm drinking coffee mm-hmm. right now. At Like, what what's this? It's almost midnight because these drunken midnights. Anyway, so there, Um, I feel like... Um, overthink is. I like I like that way you segue right there, because <laughs> you know it's almost midnight and um, I'm drinking coffee because that's legal. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I myself would have my dose of like caffeine even at midnight, especially when I'm writing a lot of blog posts. So yeah, I can tell that. I mean, sometimes when I'm editing, I would it's either I would have a drink of a. Um, Sometimes if I'm not in the mood to drink beer, I would go for coffee instead. Mm. So um, yeah, and most of the times now, nah, no, most of the times that I do record an episode for this drunken midnight, it's actually yeah, it's it actually it's actually either coffee or beer. Though for now, for some reason, I haven't had my coffee intake yet. If, even if I just woke up at seven thirty in the evening, <laughs> I just had like a um, energy drink with me earlier. Then I had like a mug of water. I'm surprised. I'm not even. I'm not even healthy living. But god damn, why do I have this one? <laughs> we need to hydrate to be happy. So, good for you. Water exactly. is the of way course. to go. Mm-hmm. Don't be like me. Caffeinate at night. Don't sleep until <laughs> what three a.m. But yeah, I've been there. I've been there, buddy. I mean, I think the first few months of pandemic, it happened to me like. Here's the thing with me. I'm I'm not even drinking coffee at night. But the catch is, I used to sleep at like four or five or even worse seven in the morning. The the first few months of pandemic, and that time I was jobless and all that shit. So it's actually hard to to live, especially parang you know those nights when everything was in uh, ECQ, mm-hmm. and every, every, everyone's not allowed to go out. Beyond eight in the evening, so unless alang kung if you're if you are doing frontline duty, frontline frontline related duties. So on that, and I was living that time. I was living in a condominium, and that's like eighteen floors above ground floor, and I was in the facing Edsa. So imagine Edsa at beyond ten the evening. Na so na na only light you can see probably light lamp posts from from somewhere and not even a single gasoline station that operates 24 hours a day way back then we're actually open it's it's totally close at beyond 10 or 12 midnight and here you are starting to two or like 12 like around 12 midnight onwards you're trying to get yourself some sleep but you just can't do it even if you've turned up already the 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 television yeah it's hard i i think i got a one tip from one one of my friend one of our friends in the wrestling circle 
when I had that, when I had those na those um I don't know if I call this I don't know if I supposed to call these episodes or nights. But yeah, um kasi yun yung nights na naatake na ano yun, unconsciously I'm overthinking a lot. Mm. I have I've been probably having anxiety by then. Mm-hmm. One of the tips I learned from him was you know just watch a lot of comedy shows. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's maybe maybe because that's what keeps me up. Then, and frankly speaking, I I remember we were discussing this earlier. I, I oh oh there you go. Sorry. So yeah, yeah, chances are when I'm been reading a lot of news, especially at the mm-hmm. first hour of the day. I didn't say morning because sometimes I wake up in the afternoon. Yeah, the first. The, within the first hour of the morning when I tend to read news and and it it can actually trigger me to some extent I can tri- uh, I can have like a anxiety or something and I think there's a time uh, na, na, is, na, you know you know you just gonna sit alone in the room everything is dark you're not here you're not watching anything you're not listening any, anything but suddenly some thoughts come to your mind and yeah I had a bad like a couple of nervous breakdowns during the during the first few months of pandemic so it's actually hard uh now you know i have to battle all this stuff and like you no know, sometimes it's not an eh it's not uh i'm not demons that you that you encounter from the face to face sometimes it's it's from the inner self yeah i i do agree on the sitcom thing uh i used to i used to binge on um big bang theory Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and uh, actually, I haven't watched Friends before the pandemic, but because of, you know, everything that's happening and, and you just, you know, wanted to kind of release what's there. Um, and I got into Friends, too, uh, and, you know, literally pivoting everything and <laughs> figuring things out. So so I do agree with your, with your friend. I, I think I listened to that episode... Um, that's one, the wrestling one, uh, or well, you have a lot of wrestling episodes, but the last one. So yeah. Um, oh, yeah. thank you for listening. I'm surprised. I'm actually not expecting <laughs> some of my guests to actually listen <laughs> to my <course>. show. <laughs> but of course, I, I, you know, I, you know, like, but seriously though, um, I also got interested because I was able to watch one, um, PWR live, um. Yes, it initially was just for work. But then, it was my first time to watch wrestling live. Like, in person. And they were, like, going to the to the audience. And I was, like, shocked <laughs> like, at how things go. And, like, you know, it was, it was a fun experience for me. Um, this was at the Power Max Center Spotlight. Um, before the pandemic. In... In in 2019, uh, like I think till end or first part of 2020, but it was before the pandemic. So, so I was there for work, and and I was able to watch one of their shows. So so I got curious. I mean, I, I used to watch um, wrestling too when I was young, but but hindi siya transition up to getting older because I got too too busy. But yeah, I was able to watch. Um, like them live, so it was entertaining. So, but I, I listened to the episode too prior to that, and the one with um, art of a body, but ah, uh, that that one, I, I, I was able to start it 
Tapos, hindi ko pa siya natatapos kasi we, we started this interview. So, ayun. It, it, yeah, I, I listen, of course, I listen to these drunken nights. <laughs> Midnights. Now I'm flattered. I'm probably, being, I'm, I'm probably gonna be lag here smiling for like five seconds or so. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. But anyway, thank you for thank you for that. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I didn't see that coming. Right? But yeah, we, <laughs> but yeah, I could probably say for most part of my content in the past few in in the past year since I, yeah, I probably talk. We probably talk about wrestling too much. Like, uh, yeah, because my latest episode prior to prior to recording was actually we were discussing about a lot of wrestling stuff that could happen. If if like people from the Philippines wants WWE back in Manila, and that's yeah, actually the sec, yeah yeah that's actually the second part of the show because the first one we were talking about a lot of WWE live in Manila experiences and honestly that should have been a three part episode, but for some reason because I just couldn't I I had a hard time doing it in post production. Oh yeah, yeah this is this is very difficult for the dogs. Damn it. This is like Pulling this is like being wrestler. This is like wrestling <laughs> the ring when you talk about a promo and suddenly they just interrupt in with their music and just like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh god. I do the apologize that for, for that for the end time. <laughs> anyway, so so as so anyway, going back. Yeah, we were talking about that. And that episode went for two, two hours, and believe it or not. We were talking about wrestling for, for that for that solo recording session for like four hours. Yeah, Nothing I, I but saw that I, sport. I think I was able to like catch on up to an hour. Like you guys were talking about, you know how how you guys could bring in bigger shows here if wrestling fans would support more. I think you even mentioned BTS there, where you know if they would invest in their fans and you know wrestling should follow suit and stuff so see i told you i listened but yeah um <laughs> I, I was able to catch up at, at least like many of those parts like i was shooting for i was shooting for actually a music video for um another well i was listening to it so i was shooting extra scenes because because um i do shoot a bit like if you watch overthink um uh if you watch the overthink music video um, it was actually shot in this room, like where 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 we're talking. It's sh- just shot here, shot here in my room, and um, edited by my friend remotely. So so my like um, so yeah, it it like yeah, overthink is a lot of things, but it I really struggled releasing it for a while. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know where to start there. Eh? Cause I like overthink is a, a lot of things. Like it, the song is about happy crushes, but but it went through a lot. And it's still gonna go through a lot because I'm gonna release like an acoustic version of it like this December. Just for fun of it, the fun of it. It's a one take thing. I I, I like my voice my voice coach actually challenged me to record stuff without editing it. I mean I do so like since he's a voice coach he would this is coach no uh nomer nival so i learned a lot from him like artistry and stuff and he would always tell me to make sure that when i sing on recordings i don't rely on the the sound engineer to edit my pitches 
so he we remotely work on songs um he would really sometimes he would be there when i recorded at home and he would shout on my earphone stop okay again because <laughs> you didn't hit the right pitch so he's really strict like when you listen to umaga i think there's no part there that's edited mashad or if meron on sobrang minimal like halos wala ikaw ay mahalaga to what you hear is what how i sang it exactly there's no auto tune even so with overthink um and now so I, I, i'm releasing an acoustic version then of that um what i did was i recorded it in one take there's a video and then that one take together with the guitar and the voice is going to be released on spotify just because i wanted to challenge myself as a performer to give my best um even if there's no audience or like in general to give respect to to the level of because it's so tempting to to just let it go and just let other people edit it when you're home diba parang the pandemic people could edit the pitch and stuff but you know what they say parang practice like you're performing and then sing or record your stuff as if you don't need editing edit it as if you don't need mastering so I'm trying to reverse track that and really work on my skill. So so for those who, well, if, you know, for people who might be listening to this who know me or my stuff then. Um, but it took me a while to release Overthink and everything else. Like, I think it took me like eight months till my last full single, which is Umaga. And then before that, I didn't, I, I wouldn't count the collab because I didn't really promote it. It was really out of the blue, but the reason why is because I I was really I really wanted to come back better in terms of like as a musician as an artist like to carry my own note to carry so many things and learn and share how what I learned over over the past month <laughs> the pandemic the things I realized I wanted to grow on so yun so uh, yeah um <laughs> and the dogs are back. Dun, 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 dun. it's a duet like like he felt that this is a perfect like end to a <laughs> yeah this is actually the yeah yeah that's the hardest part you know if you want to do it in a single take and just you just hope there's nobody noise in the neighborhood that doesn't really sound disturbing other than people who are probably ordering their drinks and not so loud but yeah yeah it's hard to actually do actually way back then when i do all this editing yeah, I have been like sometimes my other feelers, you know, uh, like those um or whatever. Yeah, I tend to really be obsessive about it. But sometimes may mga may mga parts na, na you know, you just want to say ah fuck it, I'm gonna I'm just gonna let it slip. <laughs> and, and yeah, I can I, I can probably tell that with a single take, you know, the single take approach you're trying to do because. I used to do some I used to do photography on the side if you notice and mm-hmm. and sometimes as much as possible I don't want to go through Snapseed or Photoshop to or Lightroom to edit all my photographs but sometimes it just sucks. I just I just need to. And and as of late I'm trying to to really get a hang that you know I have to take to upload my photos on my social media profiles like as if they're not really as if they're straight out of camera roll. I don't like to 
Kasi sometimes editing, post-processing can or post-production in general can be really a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it is hard um, in all aspects. Uh, diba? Like, you're trying to polish mm. your product sometimes no ma- sometimes no matter how beautiful your raw product is or at least in your eyes or ears, sometimes you just have to because... Especially when you're trying to market your work and you hope you gain gain listenership as a musician or probably gain more clients in, in when you try to market yourself. Yeah. Kahit ako, kahit ako as a writer, ang hirap din na eh. Like, I would do... Like, if I write my personal entries, setting aside from my other, you know, the, the ones that PRs used to send me. If I write my... If I tend to write my personal entries, I really have to to like take a look on it for like a second or third time to see if I if there's a if there's something that I miss grammar wise or composition wise or even typo or even overall typography mm. so yes 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 yeah. guys this is, this is what the a lot of artists have uh, do go through uh, post-processing is hard though of course there's art in it um, there are things that you can't really capture exactly, like things of the imagination, diba. But yeah, parang it right now I'm just in a state where I try to be Sigura right now, yon. It's it's more of a challenge to me now to come off great and uh you know be proud of my initial drafts and not make other people suffer <laughs> of editing my flaws. So so we're I I feel like I hope I'm getting there. Uh but yeah. So so over, with overthink, there's there's really a lot to unpack. Um so yeah. So if it's about what it's about, it's it's about happy crushes, but if it's about why I wrote it or what it symbolizes, it probably is a state of mind on many or like at least this a state of manner set of mannerisms that I have. Um, it also represents me as a child. Like um, a lot of people would know me as someone not really serious, but I guess less less pabebe. But I do have that in me a lot. Um, I like cute stuff. I like I I as much as I like the nudes, the minimalist colors. I also like bright pink. I like bright yellow. I I like color. Um, and and I feel like a lot of my songs, at least with the first ones I released, um, Breathe Umaga, Arawat Ban Just Got Home, it did show a good set of who I am on a deeper side, on on the things that are like on the things that I overfeel, I guess. But overthink is an important song for me to release. Just so I could also show people to people. Is another side to me that I haven't shown as a musician. Um, the other stuff that I also listen mm-hmm. to. So if you listen to my to my songs, my discography, uh, it's a mix of mellow. It's a mix of. Um, lately, I've been releasing like more of a high tone stuff, and then ito, overthink is like a very like a pop track. Like, yeah, you've heard of overthink, ba or not yet, ba? Oh yes. Not yet. Uh, I think the first song I never need to say is, I know, uh, I don't want one. Yeah, because it's still here on my phone. Oh, shoot. Ah, I don't want one. You, you yeah. listen to I don't want one. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, 
uh, listened to Arawat Bon. Uh, I mean, know me through that song, mm. which is a blessing. Uh, yeah. But mm. Overthink is, uh, yeah, Overthink is, if you listen to it, you get what I what I mean with a uh, whole different vibe. Like, mm-hmm. Arawat Bon is a total opposite of Overthink. Even in lyricism, because mm-hmm. it really is literal. Like, you smile, I overthink it. You blink, I overthink it. It's really meant to be, you know, kind of catchy and very pop and random too. Because there is a BPM change on the bridge if you listen to it. So, it was intentional that that on the bridge part, the yeah, yeah the beat, uh, we, we increased the BPM per line on the bridge. Because I wanted to show... The overheating of my brain when I when I go overdrive on my overthinking. And it needs to be there. It's a very important element. So when we were recording it, since we're a band, we had to stop the meter and then add 10. <laughs> stop the meter. Add 20. Stop the meter. Add another 10. So it and it was like a lot of times my bandmates would say, let's stick to one BPM. Let's stick to this and that but then i say it's okay mm-hmm. i do get it like when we played live once we we stuck with the bpm because it's easier to jam as a band mm-hmm. on on one beat eh? yeah. but the essence of the song a big portion of the song's essence might be lost because when i wrote it i really wanted mm-hmm. to make sure na mapakita yung overdrive and overheating of the brain when you when you do overthink uh-huh. so there's a there's mm-hmm. a part of the yeah, song there na yun okay now we, we we're, we're into live now we talk about live playing it live live performances and all that what's your memorable gig before before the pandemic happened huh I guess the most one only one right um hmm. yeah you can pick you can pick a few ones if you want to like, uh, okay Number one is me, uh, my my launch of my music. It's called Denise Just mm-hmm. Got Home. So I say I, I released Just mm-hmm. Got Home as a si- the first single when we couldn't finish Out of What Boy. Because um, mm-hmm. Just Got Home was the second runner up, uh, first runner up because mm-hmm. I wanted to be at home with my music. I wanted to be less insecure. Yeah. Which the first step was to release it and not care about what people think, not care about mm-hmm. if people think I'm good enough. Yeah. So just got home mm-hmm. is a personal gig. So what I did was I invited mm-hmm. my friends. It was a weekday because the mm-hmm. venue is cheaper on a weekday, even though it would it would it exactly. would have been more hassle to many of my friends because it's a work day. I had to book mm-hmm. it on that day, else I couldn't afford it. Um and I sent mm-hmm. my song to them to the media. It was, was on Jess and Pat's. Um, yes. Oh, so it, it, we just had an acoustic set because we we're babies and that's what mm-hmm. we could do back then. And um, mm-hmm. I sent the song to the media uh, without knowing anyone mm-hmm. there. So I just emailed them, hey, I'm an artist. I'm about to release my single and this is my gig, my launch gig, and I hope you guys mm-hmm. could be part of it. And so so many people confirmed. Nice. Like I had seventy people there. It was good packed. Lord. For a media launch, 70? yes. Um, it's a mix of friends, and, 
friends of friends. Some some of my friends brought their friends to introduce me, uh, the, my music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I also had like three media partners, two sponsors. All of uh-huh. them showed up. And, and you know the memes when they say that, you know, when I started, no one was watching. And I never really had to feel it. Yeah. Because everybody was cheering me on. Mm. Honestly, I made a lot of mistakes. Like, Overthink was our first song. And and the bass amp kind of gave mm-hmm. up. I don't know why. But but we it was a bad thing. And I still have the recording of that. Mm. And, you know, I even joked after we sang it. that And that was my sound check. You know? <laughs> because it was just that bad. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. And everybody... You know, you just see the smiles on everybody's faces. And... Mm-hmm. Up to today, I would say that gig, everybody showing up, like half of the people there took a leave or half day from work ahead just to be there for me. Mm-hmm. That that moment made nice. me feel like, made me feel loved. And that, you know, even if not a lot of people listen to, to my songs, there are friends mm-hmm. around around me, friends around me who... Uh-huh. really care about what I do, what I share. So uh-huh. whenever I have gigs, it felt like I was opening my heart to friends who I trust. So so uh-huh. I, so I right. feel like so, uh... I could forever release music because writing music is expressing on a different form. Eh? Like I could tell you as a friend uh-huh. that I'm not happy today. But then when I tell you as a friend, hey, I yeah. I wrote something because I wasn't happy today. And if you w- mm-hmm. would like to listen to it so mm-hmm. that you would feel the level of unhappy or happy that I was going through. And now mm-hmm. music m- just is just so much more, so much better. It's connecting to my friends better because, because I'm a person that's really complicated. And so when I write songs and... I feel like my friends really listen to it. Maybe not because they love it. I mean, I, I, they would say, it, of course, they love it, mm. but they're friends. <laughs> you have to love it. But mm. you have to say you love it, it, you know. <laughs> but, but I know that they listen to it because they want to know how I am. Because they really, truly care about me. Mm-hmm. So Just Got Home is that gig. For me, yeah. Just Got Home is my breakthrough. Because I know that no matter what happens, mm-hmm. no matter if I'm never featured on anywhere, if I don't get extremely popular or whatever, no matter what happens, I'd always have an audience because these people love me. And it was so reassuring that I could just, yeah. you know, play house, make believe that I'm a musician, mm. set up gigs. And mm-hmm. it's like setting up a party that, hey, guys, it's my birthday. Show up. I'm going to mm-hmm. play some music. And I would always, yeah. always have my friends with me. So I even did another gig during the pandemic. So it's the same exact one over Zoom, mm-hmm. which made me, re- like, I realized I didn't do anything this year. But anyway, um, so that gig had, like, 40 to 50 people on Zoom. So I ne- nice. I'm amused that, okay, oh. this is an online gig and everybody still showed up again. Um, so Just Got Home is that for me. I always have people watch my back. It reminds me, it reminded me of a bigger purpose on why I should keep on making music and that I'm safe and that I'm accepted and that I could make mistakes and people will still clap for me. Mm-hmm. And and it's it, mm. and it's all good. So so I think for me in terms of live, 
I think that's the me- most memorable one. Yeah, I can tell because you know it's one thing to establish an audience. Sometimes because you know, parang sometimes I mean, it's not every time that you know as a performer you would get featured on this, on this website, on the or this publication. Or probably would gain a lot of notoriety or popularity, yada yada. But the, the most important is there at least there's there are few. It may not be in big in numbers, but let's say like one, one or even less than ten people that this they could really show their 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 you know genuine and solid support to you. I think it's it I think it's still in the better I think it's you're still doing fine in the better place. And dude, seventy people in diba? your maiden launch. Good Lord, stress ako doon. Tapos like may media. Tapos, alam mo, you know oh. the saying that you know when when they say that email a hundred people so that one would reply, hmm. de ba? Parang hmm. alam mo yung garong saying, de ba? Na parang yeah. if you have a goal, email ten people so one would reply hmm. or like a hundred so ten would reply. It's hmm. so weird because whenever yeah. I email people, like eighty percent replies. Hmm. So when you when you look at my page, um. It seems like I do a lot of things, but I'm just so blessed that people reply to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I'm so blessed, but it's amazing because I, I don't have much connections when, when I go through these things. Like for you, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't even, we don't even know each other before yeah. this. And you're one of the people who replied exactly. <laughs> to, you know, and, yeah. and I'm just, I don't know, I got lucky the first part of this journey. I, I haven't really felt that much pressure and I didn't really have to feel that. I felt the pressure against myself in terms of getting better. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get back on the field playing music and I'm still the same mm-hmm. person who could, you know, who 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 isn't that confident about herself. And and I wanted to improve on that. But in general, like, yun. I, I don't know why, but it's so... Yun. So, sorry to you. It's like, I, I do get new listeners from my friends too. Mm-hmm. Like, Diba? Nice. Parang nagugulat I mean, ako. They really send my stuff to their office mates. And then, mm-hmm. these office mates would really enjoy the music. And di ko, hindi naman sila close. No friend mm-hmm. ko. Na, na forward lang, ganun. And then they would sincerely like the songs. Yeah. And they would reach out to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. So parang like, I, I feel like I have, you know, other people would say, do more marketing, do more ganyan. I, I think I have more than enough with the people mm-hmm. who are around me. Who... Who bless me? I feel so loved yeah. when I whenever I release music. It's so weird, but yon that, that at least that's how it mm-hmm. feels for me. Yeah, I think nothing still beats word of mouth if you if you think about it. I mean, in terms of marketing, like you can do all the online stuff, or you can do all the online and mobile marketing stuff. But if by the word of mouth, would be people will tell now how genuinely good you are? Yeah, that beats anything else. I mean, I can tell by that. I mean. I mean, ikaw nga, buti nga na 70 people yung pumunta sa event mo eh. Diba? Tapos <laughs> pati online, 50. Yeah. Parang, hindi ko rin alam. Mm, that's still a lot. Like even song and focus, you know, um, I, I wasn't able to fully finish earlier. Pero like, feeling ko, mm. sorry din ako because, you know, Asel, um, Asel is someone mm. I really respect as an artist. Mm. And I just really mm. took a chance and pitched my idea. And uh-huh. she said yes, just like that. I mean, she said, you know what? It's a good idea. It's a good concept. And Asel was the one who suggested the name song in focus. Because she's a really creative person mm-hmm. and amazing person. So, like, yeah. sobrang blessed ko na, diba, sabi nga nila, send 100 emails. And 
in in Song and Folks' mm. case, I just sent one message and 100% replied, and I I got lucky, mm. um, and blessed. So so I feel like um, and now Song and Focus has a lot of listeners, diba? Kahit paano. And certain na naman. So I don't know if it's luck or I don't know talaga, but I do feel loved when I release music. It may not be hundreds Maybe. of thousands, but I don't know. I just really feel good about it. It makes me happy. <laughs> Maybe you have that knack in marketing if you, if you really think about it because not everyone can actually pull it off. I mean, I for myself, uh, I remember staging my first ever, and not really first yet, well, yeah, actually, my first ever event actually as a, as a producer happened at, at the defunct Route 196. Ah, Route 196, yes. And 17 people only showed up. Yeah, 17, pe- 17, 17 people only showed up. And it's fine, by the way. But then when I staged my actual first birthday gig, the surprising thing is when I, because I posted the lineup and that includes uh, that includes bands like Autotelic, Bryson, Tanya Markova, mm. Carousel Casualties, Beta in the Botlight. So I have, surpri- I have, much to my surprise, I actually booked 10 bands on a Thursday night. And, like, and they all said like, yes. Yeah, it, it, Which... yeah, and actually that's the surprising thing is some of the bands na some of some of those bands na who probably made it big in the in the music industry by in the music scene by then, I didn't expect them to say yes. Maybe they say yes because they know me personally. Yeah, because we me, I mean we've been getting in touch with them and probably been I've been covering for some of their gigs and all that. But yeah, um, and I think September twenty seventh came because that gig by the way was my that's that's my last night as twenty seven years old. The gig the gig title was called Prelude to 28 because I was turning 28 on September 28th <laughs> of 2018. That's thank so you. cute. In fairness, I like and, that uh, concept. Thank you. And actually, almost 46 people showed up. Actually, that's a little bit that's a little bit short, but you know, I'm fucking happy, man. I mean, along, uh, and some of them actually, yun nga, word of mouth din yung, ano, eh, naging, some people would actually say, kasi, when I was already at the gate of most bar in Colon House mm. in, K- in Quezon City, I actually tried to talk to some of the gig goers there now who doesn't seem really familiar to me. Like, mm. who is you know, time you dito? And like they're telling me this band and that and that band. So para, whoa, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you played that night on your birthday? No. Actually, I, I, I'm not a musician, actually. It's more, um, like, it's more like um, I'm more like an organizer. And sometimes I do document, I do photographs, I write. Cool. And, and yes, and most, of, and most of my roles in, in live music event actually doesn't really involve documentation. It's more of like production staff because for quite some time in, in, in late 2010s, I used to like help prods when they handle their, I don't know, when they handle their, what do you call that? When they're gatekeeping. Yeah, I'm basically in charge in selling tickets or selling tickets, bar stubs. I used to handle that, the crowd control upon going to the entrance. So, yeah, that's on me. And then later on, yeah, I, I, I was shooting photographs. I also was shooting photographs on the random gigs or sometimes. Yeah, yeah, basically that's it. And... Okay, we we talk about memorable gigs and Jason. So I'm I I assume Jason, uh, one of your favorite uh, venues when you play or be playing or watching was Jason Pat's. 
Yes. Um, I actually chose it because there's no alcohol around and I wanted my mm. mom to really mm. have fun. And, you know, mm. because I feel like family is important and they the support. Mm. But, of course. you know, I, siguro some, I, I don't know if I've mentioned, but I, I was a busker before the pandemic. So, I used mm. to play on Eastwood. I used to play in Makati under the underpasses. Diba? On, mm. um, I think Greenbelt, the, the, the bridgeway. Uh, I used to busk a lot, like weekly. I, uh-huh. I'd have a busking schedule. It's one yes. way for me to also grow my confidence. Uh, so mm. I'd say that the streets would also be a comfort zone at this point. Mm. Well, I hope it still is after this pandemic because I haven't done it in a while, mm. but Playing, play, busking is mm. also a great way for me. Like, um, I'd say a memorable gig because you mm. really get to feel which songs have mm. appeal. Yeah. Uh, like, every time I play Arawat One, I'd get a tip. And Good it's weird because, like, diba, Arawat One, when you look at Arawat One on Spotify, it, it's my mm. song with the most streams, right? Mm. I think yeah. it has around almost 80k na siya right now on Spotify. Mm. And weird chase parallel. So mm. so which songs have a lot of tips usually are mm. the same songs that do well online. So medyo mm. may ganun siyang vibe, diba? So medyo interesting siya for me and the different like may mga songs ako that kids stop to mm. like this overthink, you know, kids stop and and you know mm. freeze and just watch and then they ha- I have like yung mga parang indie crowd would stop on mm-hmm. Arrow at One. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the kind of like the the vibe or the the crowd that probably likes this track. Yeah. So so I think busking it would be like one of the favorite venues for me to play live mm-hmm. music because I started performing through busking. Yes, yeah, so I can tell na a lot of I think I've encountered a lot of buskers in the past two years like some of them were actually my some of my friends did some music scene like Alex Padua. If you if you heard that guy, then then there's also the beardless busker who happens to be in the other name the past. Then Lem David. Also, um, I think see you know the keyboardist of this band, see Melvin Carson. Mm, I don't know if I, you heard heard of him. It's funny because I think out of four names you've mentioned, I've talked to three. So the busking yeah. community is a bit small, like. Yeah, I, yeah. Si Carson, so, no, I, I saw I'm recently he still Carson still busks because eh, he posts a lot. Mm. So which is brave yeah. because I can't bust talaga on a pandemic. Um I mean I'm scared. Pa. So but I'm working yeah. on it. That's nice. And I think Sana. I think there's a time when I just came up from my old office in Isu, then I saw Vance Van Obla and Alex Padua and somewhere in Isu, then they were like they were jamming along and sometimes I just hang around. I hang around for like 15 minutes and I actually jam to a song. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if they, they, they got them a tape or something, but yeah. So yeah, actually Isos is one of my favorite places in the world in, in here because it's literally it's literally walking distance. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, uh ano pa ba? Okay. Singing an original song in busking is actually challenging, I must say, because a lot of 
Because over over the course of time na pag tumahangaw ako sa mga busking, not, I'm not even talking about Martin Riggs, pero hindi ko pa siya napanood na mag-busk actually, do I, do I know that guy? Uh, most of the time, a lot of buskers would probably play their, ano eh, would play a lot of like uh, cover songs. So, I might, I would ask you like, what's, what are your usual cover songs or na pinaplay mo during busking? Okay, so I have like two eras of busking. So the first era okay. was when I was starting. So I do have like my set list. But then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, El Yuzon uh, is a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. He had judged me. So <laughs> he judged me because I was telling him, hey, I'm busking. I just started. And, and you know, he told me na, so what are you singing? So because oh, it's a mix of covers and originals. Cause like some of the busker friends that I know uh-uh. uh advised that I sing fifty percent or at least seventy percent covers, thirty percent original because yeah. they say that when you sing covers you get attention and then when you sing originals, um people might pass by and not take notice. But you know, um, Yael asked me, na, but it's your stage, so why don't you just sing all original? And it ended up that he was right. Because um, after that advice, I tried to do a one-hour, one-to-two-hour set of just all originals. So I packed everything I have, I mean, even if it's not released. And I placed a signage saying, I'm singing all original. So everything you're hearing when you pass by, it's my song, diba? And I I got bigger tips. So I'd get wow. 100 pesos. So, for example, if I do a cover, I'll get 320 pesos. But if I do mm. an original, I'll get one 100 peso. Mm. And when I started singing all originals, I got to take home 2,000 in a day. It used to be just 800 in a day when I was doing covers. Though, granted, I'm not really great at covers because I have this imposter syndrome that, oh my gosh, I'm not giving Britney Spears enough credit. feeling. <laughs> but, um, so, yon. So, um, like, the last year, in 2019, when uh-huh. I released Just Got Home, uh-huh. I, all my busking gigs are all original, unless otherwise stated that uh-huh. I'm required to sing a few covers because the, yeah. the place would want that. But most of the time, I realized you think people know covers when you sing it. Yeah. They're more familiar. But what you realize is that music is so diverse now, people mistake things for things. So, for example, I mm. had this grandma who stayed mm. for my set. Um, she liked Arawat Buwan. So, mm. she said, Grabe, parang, as in, naghintay pa siya sa apo niya, binigyan niyang bente. And then after, she still stayed. And then I sang Perfect by Pink. Mm. And then it ended up that she thought that's also an original song. And she said, you wrote well. Because she's a grandma. She doesn't know pink, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you realize that, you know what? It's the same banana. Like, I could mm. sing Dua Lipa. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Mm. And you might not give a fuck about Dua Lipa. Mm. Versus me just sing- singing me. Mm. And now I'd have a better chance at you liking my stuff. Or, yeah. you know, at least introducing what I really sound like. Mm. Because I, I, I'm, I also need to work on making versions of covers. Of it's course. not something I've really worked on yet. So when I follow that advice from a good friend, everything changed. Because now I do get likers for my original stuff. And when people follow me, they know that I write original music. And I also get to survey which songs are for which audiences. Yeah. 
um, which songs are for the family, which songs are for the kids at school, which songs are for the for the ones who just passed by because it's after shift. Yeah. And now I understand and I get I got more confidence um, for my music. Uh, and it's clear that I'm every, like because the problem with busking is not everybody really has the time yeah. to stand for an hour because all the everyone who's passing by during busking yeah. doesn't intend to stay. Hmm. Everybody, it everybody's everybody there isn't planning to stay. Yeah, they're all there to pass by. Hmm. So chances are they're just really gonna hear twenty to thirty seconds. Mismo. And they're just diba? gonna leave there. Sometimes they're gonna give a tip, and you know, if, if the song because they ends, appreciate so, you. Okay. Oh, but usually mm. they're 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 there because they have to be somewhere else. So yeah. I only have twenty seconds of their time. So the mm. theory that seventy percent covers would get you attention, so that you mm. get that thirty percent time for your originals might not mm. be accurate. Because even if they want to stay, they can't because they're late for work. They have to. Yeah. They they only have like a. They were downstairs because they needed to yeah. grab some food or extra alam mo yun, just just to take a break and they can't yeah, stay yeah. and hindi na sila about sa original music mo so Mismo. so ako it really worked for me as mm-hmm. in talaga like i got people to talk and i got to talk to people mm-hmm. to tell me that they liked my stuff versus yeah. when i was doing covers and i got richer i mean i, I got <laughs> i mean di naman ako tumayaman, but you know i yeah. i paid for my amp my mic, everything I have using busking money. So I loaned money from my sister and then I told her na parang sabi ko I have no, no money to buy these stuff. So sabi sige, bili mo siya and then keep on busking until you pay me back. So I was able to pay yeah. her back like up to 50k ata like the different equipment through busking lang. Good lord. Diba? So, but it's through also original music. So I feel like, you know, if, if young buskers would ask me um, and they have a lot of original songs. I feel like I would mm-hmm. now advise the same thing on a marketing level. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch which people stop at your songs. And you'd see that there's I a pattern. See. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to ask Sana kanina if ano, what's, what's actually the weirdest request you ever got as a performer, be it in busking or in actual live bar? Ah, nako, touchy to kasi. You know, um, as a girl, as a female yeah. on the scene, mm-hmm. there's really, mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard. I mean, I've experienced busking. And isipin mm-hmm. mo, habang nagpa-play ako, a guy went beside me while I was playing to take a mm-hmm. photo of me with him. What? Isipin mo, like, sabi, isip ko nga, maganda ba ako dyan? <laughs> Pwede bang mag-smile man lang ako? So I was in the middle of it, as in, Tumabi siya sa akin. And then, sumelfie siya. Tapos nagpa-picture pa siya sa barkada niya. Oh, jeez. Tapos imagine, <laughs> alam mo yun, kung wala lang, kung hindi, buti mall yun. So there was a guard, yeah. diba? Imagine, like, nagsaself, tatabi siya sa akin. Saselfie siya. Tapos, mm-hmm. kakansyaw yung barkada. Sobrang stress. Oh my goodness. Oh, another another thing. Tumutugtog ako. Ay, hindi, hindi pa ako tumutugtog, ah. Bukas pa lang ako hmm. ng, ng pa lang. case, ganyan. And then, mag-hi. Maglalagay ng pera kikindat tapos sa alis what the hell i mean am i supposed to feel flattered i don't think so i mean i do get it yeah. ba? but obviously i haven't sang so why are you putting a tip mm. there what are you putting a tip for ba? 
okay lang yung nagpot ka ng tip kasi parang like, o oh, sige, para pampabuenas mo. Okay naman yun. May mga ganun naman families. It's just that pag kumindat ka pa kasi, parang weird. And then there's like people na may time sa balcony, like, alam mo yung barkada, mga barkada ng guys. Talagang hmm. sisigaw sila, mag-whistle sila. Kakatcall ka nila oh, from man. above. It's it's really kind of scary. So, like, yeah. I have a friend, um, oh, Jasu, like, you know, she watched one of my busking and then she said, oh my gosh, I'm, yeah. parang initially she thought she was so proud of me that mm-hmm. um, a group of guy friends stopped and stayed for my my set tas nag video siya the whole time mm. so so she she thought yeah. it was flattering for me but then when she mm. when she looked over their phone they saw na sobrang close up sa mga parts alam mo yon so nakaka-stress oh, so parang, that's not pretty at all no so you know it's weird because it's not really a weird <laughs> song request mm. it mm. i don't have weird song requests thank you lord Cause usually I just say I sorry I can't I saw, but um yeah, right. sorry. but um yung but yon but it it was really hard and uh may mga ganon kahit sa bar gigs um if it's just yeah. me and my girlfriend girl na friend um mm-hmm. that we would hang out and you know watched a gig or like me perform tapos may iwan siya mm-hmm. so parang may worry kasi lagi hindi hindi siya maalis um so kaya mas kaya I have like guy bandmates din uh, pag nung nung na launch ko na like I, you know we play together hindi man they protect me but yeah. you know they they watch out for me so may mga ganun as a busker na nag-away nag-away, nag-away kami ng mom ko kasi sometimes I just really wanna busk kahit walang pwedeng mm-hmm. sumama kasi uh-huh. hello diba parang others do the grind eh. they do weekly gigs to promote their uh-huh. stuff but I can't do th- I can't do that if I don't have an available friend or family member mm-hmm. to make sure I'm okay. And as and you know, like a like a delinquent child, I would always tell my mom mm-hmm. na, eh bakit kapag lalaki ba ako? Ganyan, Pero I kind of know partly how half true it is. Na mm-hmm. na yes, I I really can't probably do it alone. I mean, I mm-hmm. I can, and if I'm lucky, I'm I'm good, de ba? But there are instances yeah. na 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 I get yeah. catcalls or habang mm-hmm. tumutugtog would kindat then mga ganun, yeah. would give a tip and alam mo na yun, parang yun yung medyo mahirap. Yeah. But other than yeah, that, it's a shame. I know, diba? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's a shame na at this time and age, I mean, not all people know how to set bound. Not not all people can read a room like you just can't hit a girl who's who's busting around, or probably hit hit someone on the bar na in such a way na you know you tend to be great. Because I I admit I mean I tend to hit on women too. But you know there are a lot. I mean it's like honey, there's a lot you need to do a lot of work. I mean I'm saying this to guys by the way. I mean, you, need, you need to do a lot of work to be to be better on it. You know you don't you don't you just don't say hi or or just wink and. And and hope you don't come off like a creep. Come on, do better, <laughs> please. Oh, siguro there's like a lot of anxiety there. I feel like you know, mm. compared to other cultures, of course, you know, parang I uh. feel like women here naman are more mostly respected, diba, most of the time. But there's still uh. that eh, na sobrang scary talaga minsan uh. to be alone. So for example, it's it's a challenge for. I'm not. I could. I can't speak for other female musicians because mm. most of. Yeah. Yung mga, mga friends ko din naman musicians, many of them are guys or girls that are mm-hmm. in a band. 
So they're always with yeah. their guy friends naman eh. So yung as in a soloist female. Um whenever they tell me magig ka kasi, magig ka lang na magig. Ang hirap nun sabihin mm-hmm. oo. Kasi hindi oh, uh. hindi same yung situation eh. Ako ako lang nasunod, I would have had like gigs every week to promote my stuff. But that's not always the case for me. I mean, I could drive, I could bring my own ship. Like I could fight back. Totoo lang. Yeah. But then sometimes, you know, you'll you'll never know. So parang medyo may ganung feeling lang. So parang yun yung feeling ko hindi level na it's so hard hmm. to promote as a female artist solo artist on the live scene alone hmm. nadadaling ko yeah. lang guitar ko tapos like ako hmm. lang ganun yun yeah. um, ang hirap nun eh mm, so, siguro sa live scene hindi ko masabi kasi nga sabi ko nga I haven't really done much gigs and I wanted to <laughs> that was the goal so I can't really yeah. speak for like like alam mo yun many of it but but busker, busker, busking though was a bit, ano, parang, I, I love it. It's my favorite place. Kasi hindi naman siya every time may ganun. May mga instances lang. Yun. Yes. Go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We'll have more of our conversations with Denise Lau on our next episode of These Drunken Midnights. But for now, if you like what you heard, please do follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and whatever where oh sorry i mean wherever podcast platforms you're listening to you can also follow the show on facebook at facebook.com slash these duncan midnights and also find out more of their shows on bunk collective by checking out the bunkph.com and you can also follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash slickmasterph and instagram at instagram.com slash slickmastertheblog Ayan. No comment, ha? No comment. Podcast, ha? Sorry, sorry. Ayan, ayan. What did I miss? The inuman part. Okay. <laughs> the inuman part talaga, no? This Drunken Midnights. May fans ba siya? A presentation by the Slick Masters Files. A member of Bunk Collective. Copyright, year 2021. Nagbiblip ka ba, prep? <laughs>